Till 5. Hello and welcome to an episode of Game Till 5. My name is Steph and I am joined as always by my co-host Nikki. Hello Nikki. Hello. We have returned. We have. We've just like swooped in silently. The end of the year. We haven't even told anyone. Well we have probably at this point. You probably know as you're probably listening. (laughs) I'd be worried (laughs) if you didn't. Um, Yeah we've come back because we always do an end of year episode where we obviously recap the games that we've played in the year and it Although we are on a hiatus right now, we're having a little bit of a pause. We've come back to do an end of year because I've I've been collecting these games for so long to put on this end of year episode. And if I don't do it, then I'll have a breakdown. Yeah, it doesn't quite feel like the end of the year if we haven't actually done this podcast, this episode. So surprise. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We're not back more officially. We're kind of just going to do this episode to round off the end of this year. And then we will be back, though. Um, We're thinking probably early-ish next year we'll start kicking back off again we'll return it's yeah. just it was a very stressful year uh weirdly more stressful than 2020 which i didn't think i would ever say um <laughs> yeah I, I listened to a little bit of the best of 2020 oh, episode no. earlier and there's like this thing about us talking about how how you know we think the year started off great and then it got worse and then this year just kicked that in the butt like yeah i don't to be honest i don't really know when we stopped recording I think it might have been August mm. and I, I don't even want to know at what point of breakdown we were at at that point. I think better, but I just feel like every episode we were just like, yeah, things are, things are happening. <laughs> the world is ending. It's fine. It just, it, every time we just went more insane. Um, but the funny thing is we're not going to do a news drop or anything. So there's no need for it. Um, some of you may know that we now live together, which is funny. <laughs> game, game till five at home yeah game to a five house <laughs> we've officially become one of those like t- we're trying to just relive in with the youth and become like a tiktok house we are we are a tiktok house except we don't have a tiktok no and when we're like ab fab and old women instead yeah of all birds of a feather whatever you're into we're basically two old ladies living in a house together yeah um living our best lives but it's fine because we get to record episodes probably more easier now because we're in person and we get to look into those faces which i'm sure we'll get used to but it's still weird i'm not looking at you right now i can't do it yeah i've noticed you won't look at me in the face <laughs> when i talk i don't it's like fine. eye contact anyway i will glance at you every now and again um but it's yeah that's our general update, which is a pretty big update, to be fair, is that we now live in the same house. Um, hopefully it goes well. If not, Game Tour 5, RIP. Yeah, this might be the last ever episode. <laughs> Never see. to be seen again. <laughs> uh, uh, well, let's not curse the rest of the No, year. sorry. Positivity. 2021, what a year. What where, a year. Where did it go? I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure either. And I think my games have reflected this. Um, looking at my list that I think I'm going to have... Mm-hmm for this year I think it's a bit of an odd one I don't think I can safely say that I've got a list of what I think is like really strong heavy lots of things because I've just been I don't know I think I've been a bit all over the place this year with playing Mm. games I've not been great I've been playing a lot of like online stuff and not actually any still a game single player stuff still a game still a game uh and I have enjoyed all of the stuff that I have played but um Yeah. I've managed to get through quite a lot this year and I'm very surprised at myself, um, which is why I wanted to do this list because I was like, I need to to tick that off my my yearly thing. Mm. But yeah, no, it's been weird because obviously 2020 happened. That was a lot. And this year was also a lot. And it's continuing to be a lot. I mean, you've everyone's seen we, the news. Yeah, we haven't we haven't quite reached the end of the year yet. 
No, not yet. There's still time for everything to go horribly wrong. Um, what even year are we going into? I don't know. This is the thing, right? It was 2020 and now it's 2021 and that went by in a blink and I'm not quite ready for 2022. Doesn't quite feel real. So I'm having probably a breakdown in this episode, just like the last one. So really nothing has changed. No, nothing it's, has it's changed. all the same. <laughs> it's just a, con- <laughs> it's a continuation. I think if all else, this podcast is just going to be... It's a like view our, it's into our, a descent into yeah, madness. It's like our diary of yeah, our mental what's state. Going, exactly. <laughs> the end of 2022, we'll probably just be screaming into the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> just noise for, for an two hour. hours or an hour. <laughs> yeah. Two uh, hours is ambitious. <laughs> two hours is a lot. We used to be a bad year for two hours. Two hours, wow. Um, but anyway, let's preface this by saying that obviously this is just the games we played in 2021, not ones that came out in 2021. It's just the games that we have played that we have enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. So I think our normal format will resume. We'll each have our five. Um, we have Beadle who will interrupt us yes. if we have a crossover. Oh! oh, I've missed his soothing tone. I know, right? And uh, yeah, that's about it. We'll have some honourable mentions before our number ones. Yep. I think that's our normal. That's it. Episode. That's how we. You roll. haven't forgotten. I'm trying to remember. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> that's how we do things. Yeah. All right. We ready to get started? We are ready. All right. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? A three-headed monkey. All right. I don't remember who was first. I last think time. oldest should go first. All right. Let's just call me out. <laughs> great. It's a great end to the year. Yep. Great end. It's right. fine. I'm good with my age. Good. It's fine. Um, all right, um. So my number five of guess the best games I've played this year is going to be Spirit Spiritfarer. Okay, nice. Number five. This is uh, an indie sandbox game. Uh, it's kind of like a management sim in which you run a ferry. Uh, not just like an ordinary ferry. This is a ferry of the dead. This is a death ferry. This is a death ferry. Uh, you play as Stella. Um, who is the fairy master. You have a cat named Daffodil, which is just adorable. And, you know, you kind of go around exploring your land, picking up spirits, um, and basically making their time on your boat the happiest you possibly can before sending them through the Everdor to whatever lies beyond. You're kind of like Limbo. You're the sea of Limbo, essentially. And it's just a really lovely game. It's described as a cosy game. And I think it fits that perfectly. Um, just the general art and aesthetic of it is really lovely. Um, just what you do is really nice. You can grow stuff, you grow fruit and vegetables, then you can cook it and you can like pick up resources, do a bit of mining, all of that kind of nice Stardew Valley, you know, Harvest Moon kind of stuff. Um, but just, you know, you put it all onto your boat and all of these animal creatures, they are all animals, I should say. You are kind of like a human and everyone else is like, I'm not, uh, I'm more... I'm more. Anim, anim, wait, 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 wait. I'm more. Prof- anim, anim, perform, anim, per- now you've said it. I can't do it. <laughs> I can it. normally say this word. Anamorphic. Anim, anim, something like that. You know what we mean. Anamorphs. Um, <laughs> that wonderful TV show from the 90s. Yeah, the Anamorphs. Mm. Anthropomorphic. Thank Aha, you. Nailed it. Got My it. science degree does count for something. I don't know why my brain couldn't do that word. It's fine. Um, 
Yeah, so they're they're cute. Um, the, my favorite one was probably the Uncle Toad, who was Big Fat Frog Man. I liked him. Um, other than that, it was just a nice game. I should say it was released last year, I think towards the end of last year, by a company called Thunder Lotus, and I don't know if they've done much. I think the only other thing they've done is a game called Joe Turn, which is like another. Uh, I think it's like more Norse-based kind of mythology game. I don't think it's very similar in terms of gameplay. I've not played it, but it does look very pretty. And I will say Spiritfarer does look beautiful. It's very like hand-drawn art style, um, a little bit watercolory, which is really nice. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. I don't know if you've played this game or... Yeah. I was literally just thinking, I don't know whether I played this in 2020 or 2021. Mm. I couldn't tell you. That's That sums up my last two years. I don't know. I know I played it. Yeah, it maybe it was this year, but I absolutely loved it. And I know I was playing. And to be honest, I think I may have mentioned it in an episode. I feel like I have. I don't remember in what context or at what time, but I feel like I've mentioned Spirit Fair at some point. Yeah. Um, I really, really enjoyed it, and I think I played it during a time where I was already kind of going through something that was sort of like death related, and it was weirdly cathartic in the sense of like the Uncle Toad and stuff. Like yeah. you would sort of, and I think they made it so that you would sort of see. Because it kind of basically, like, not really a spoiler, but the, the people on the ship and things, because it's a, a death ferry, it's, like, meant to be, like, they're passing over. Mm-hmm. And they're almost meant to be her relatives. So it's a weird thing where you kind of see your own family within them. Because some of, they're all very different personalities, and some of them are very boisterous. Some of them are very, like, you know, just quite chill. And it's quite sweet. And it sort of helps you, I think, in your own weird way, sort of come to terms with, with death. It's It's, like... It talks about such a depressing, sad topic in a really nice, light-hearted way, and it does it really well. Yeah. And I think when I played it, it was just really helpful, and it was, but it was super, super chill. So it is happy in a way, in a weird way, as much as death can be happy. Yeah, I think they deal with it in a really nice, sensitive way that doesn't make it just in your face, sad, or anything like that. It's just a nice kind of like it takes a not a light-hearted approach to death. I think that's the wrong word. It's more a I don't really know how to describe no. it. It's, but it's lovely and, and I need to finish it because I never actually finished it. I played it a lot and then I think I got, I nearly got, sort of got to the end. But uh, me in my typical fashion, I'm not very good at finishing games. Yeah, it's worth finishing. It's not super long as a game. Um, I think I did it in a couple of sessions really, like once I collected stuff. I think you spend more time just doing the actual collecting and management sim type of stuff. Um, it's got some really little cute features of just jumping around your boat and picking up stuff. Um, and yeah, I liked exploring everything and doing some of the side missions that you could do for people. It was just quite nice. It's just a nice, nice game. Um, I've got some facts. Um, one of which is kind of what we were talking about, the nice kind of approach to death. And actually, at the end, in the credits of the game, there is a section for family members of the developers who passed away during the making of the game. Yeah. Which was really lovely. Um, it was quite depressing because some of them, there was quite a couple of young people in there um which was sad but it was kind of nice because you don't see that a lot you always have like production babies and dogs and things like that which Mm -hmm. are really cute but when you're talking about a game about death it makes sense to put in people who have passed away during development which was kind of kind of a cool but sad feature and then my other fact is when dealing with sawdust if you look at the description of the item of sawdust it says it is coarse rough irritating and gets everywhere which is a reference to star wars and anakin skywalker's feeling towards sand that's fair apparently that's what he said about sand sand. i mean it's a good description of sand coarse rough irritating and gets everywhere it really does get everywhere makes sense and for days does it just (laughs) seems to appear out nowhere doesn't leave um but yeah that's my number five quite a quick one but um it was a really lovely game and i recommend it it was on game pass 
Uh, I think Switch, all the kind of good ones as well. So, yeah, I recommend on Switch. I don't think I ever played it on the TV. I always played it in my bed. Yeah, I played it on the computer, which yeah. was nice. But um, yeah, I can imagine on Switch is a good one. Nice. All right, my number five is a game called Last Stop, and this was on Game Pass this year. Um, it can it came out in 2021. Nice. So I'm really proud of myself that I'm going to have someone here that 2021. Um, yes, yeah, so it was on Game Pass if you want to play it. It is a supernatural adventure video game developed by Variable State and published by Annapurna Interactive. Which oh, okay, cool. We are big yeah. fans of Annapurna. Um, they're a really awesome studio. They oh my god, I can't even think of what they've done, but they do good shit. <laughs> yeah, they just publish didn't, everything. Didn't indie they do based. Edith Finch? Really yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought so. Sorry, my video game knowledge is lacking, guys. It's been a little while, but I know that I like Annapurna. Um, so it's a really cool game. You can sense from the very beginning that it is British because the like the beginning screen you're on like an underground tube, <laughs> and so I'm like I I, turned, I had no idea about this game. This is one thing I really enjoy about Game Pass is I can literally download a game and be like I have no idea what this is, yeah. boot it up and I'm just like not a clue. Don't know what's going to happen. And you're sort of met with this this sort of scene on the underground and you see like these three four next no, three characters sat on the train, and um and then the game just starts and you you pick you pick what one you want yeah and so it's kind of like it's done in like three chapters but i'll set i'll set the scene i can tell you the beginning part of the game without spoiling anything um so before you sort of start picking the chapters you get a bit of a cut scene and it's in 1980s london where you see like these teenage kids peter and samantha still a a policeman although in the description it's a bobby <laughs> a bobby's helmet a bobby's which helmet. is like an old english way of saying yeah. it's kind of like cockney isn't it yeah old bobby Bobs. um from an officer and they escape into the tunnels of the london underground um they are surprised to find a weird old man who's opening a nearby door in like the random middle part of the underground um which opens to like a portal and he offers them to go through and the girl accepts and disappears with the weird man but the boy peter hesitates and when he tries to open the door again the portal is gone so that is sort of the that doesn't really spoil anything that's kind of like sets the premise for the whole thing and then at that point you get to pick one out of three chapters it doesn't matter in which order you want to play these chapters um and you go through and you basically experience things with these three different characters at different points in time so each time you've gone through a chapter all of them it then resets and then you pick again so you can actually play in whatever order you want. I was playing it by the character that I found most interesting. Right. Which I think was, if I can recall, not the woman, the divorcee woman. There's a woman who's getting a divorce. She bores the shit out of me. Right, yeah. Um, there were, I think it was like the 40-year-old guy that I found quite interesting because their stories are very unique to them, their chapters, but it does all tie in as you would imagine it would because otherwise it makes no sense. I'm not going to say in which way it all ties in, but I will say this game gave me very big Doctor Who vibes. Okay, interesting. So it's very supernatural. Hmm. Um, so if you like Doctor Who, I think you very much like this game. If you like any kind of supernatural game, you'd like it. It sort of plays a little bit walking simmy, I suppose. But it's very story heavy, very Annapurna. Like you, you really get that. And I think at the time I was really kind of craving something like that. That it was very, it was very movie like. Yeah um but i'm really really into that so yeah i really really recommend it i'm not going to spoil any more than that but i would just say yeah i would give it a go it's also interesting and really cool to to see a game that was set in london or britain just overall as actually being really realistic 
to to England because it's rare. Yeah, yeah, like because sometimes it's a bit of a, a trope. Sometimes it's mm. a little bit like where some stuff is sometimes really really future. Yeah, kind of thing. It That's... felt quite gritty, like England, yeah. and I I really enjoyed that. And the voice acting was really good. Um, I really enjoyed enjoyed the voice actors. I don't have too many facts to be honest. I only just have like a big fact about just the general game, which yeah. it was the second game developed by Variable State, which is a British independent um, game developer founded by Jonathan Burrows and Terry Kenny, um, former developers with DeepMind Technologies. And the game's composer is Lyndon Holland, who was winner of the 2016 British Academy Games Award for music. Um, they are very good. And yeah, that is literally, I think they're quite a small development studio. I don't yeah. think they're very big, but. Yeah, it was a weird one to appear on, on Game Pass, but I think a lot of other people enjoyed it from what I've heard. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Like, I will definitely check it out. Um, I think that's the kind of nice thing about Game Pass, actually, mm. is that they do collect quite a few indie games, which is quite nice because yeah. they're easy to get through and you mm. just kind of download them, play them, spend a few hours with them, and then that's mm. it. You kind of feel like you've got a little bit of completion yeah. done. Shit got weird in it, though. I'm not going to lie to you. Shit got weird. Yeah. It got fucking crazy at the end and I had no idea what was going on. But I loved it. Yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> I love right. a bit of weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's my number I love five. a bit of weird. I like it. Nice. Well, okay then. In that case, I'm going to move on to my number four. Um, and my number four is going to be Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Nice. Um, this is a game I'm currently playing. I have not finished this game yet. Um, but it was released this year, 2021, by Insomniac on the PS5. I think it's going to be PS5 exclusive um, from what I know. I think most of the Ratchet & Clank games are, to be fair. They're kind of the little trope of uh, PlayStation. Um, as normal, it is a third person. You play as Ratchet um, and you're kind of running around doing some platforming and some shooting of stuff. Um, it's just quite an easy game. Um, this one is, I think I found it was the 16th installment of Ratchet and Clank. 16. 16 games they've done. Jesus Christ. Which I don't know, I couldn't even remember. I've no. not played many of them. I've literally <laughs> played the first one, the first one as the remake, and then this one. I like, literally played the it. first one on PlayStation yeah. 2 when it came out, and I never played any more ever again. Yeah, I never did them. I was never a big Ratchet and Clank person. Um... But this one basically follows as a follow-up to the Ratchet and Clank Into the Nexus and also the most recent Ratchet and Clank remake. So I played the remake fairly recently um, on PS4 and that was a good game. That's kind of how I go into stuff. Um, as I said, you kind of play as Ratchet and Clank um, and also you get to a little bit play as um, a girl on this one, you get a girl on backs, um, Good. who's quite cool. Um, so you kind of take it in turns with the two of them. Um, and you basically just have to stop the plans of Dr. Nefarious again. Um, again, he's just like the main baddie mm -hmm. of the series. Um, this cool thing is kind of, it's around this thing called the Dimensionator. And it means that you get loads of like whirlpools opening up. And there's this really cool, very, I would say probably very, uh, very great software stuff that they've done where there's no real loading screens in the game and you can kind of seamlessly move to different dimensions and stuff like that really well. It, it's just really lovely, polished kind of game. And it works really well because you're just going through space and time constantly and going to different planets and then going um, through these like portals into slightly different, I guess, multiverse kind of areas of the same area, um, which is really good. Um, the gameplay is fun. Like I wouldn't say it's anything 
crazy. They've just kept the same gameplay as they always do with, with these games, but it works really well for them. Um, this kind of mix of platforming and then also gunning stuff down. You get some really cool and interesting weapons, which is fun. Um, but it just, it looks ridiculously good. I would say it's one of the best looking games I think I've played this year. Um, it looks like an animated movie. Like it looks like yeah. DreamWorks made it. Like it the cutscenes are just stupid. Like I don't really understand how they've done it. Um, I think that's kind of the most impressive thing about this game. Um, it's just some of the technical stuff that they've managed to pull off with like the no loading and also then having it like look as good as it looks. Um, it's just really fun. Um, there's not, I don't really have much else to say about this game. Um, like I said, I'm still like halfway through it. So where the story will go halfway through, I'm not sure. Um, but so far, so good. It's been fun. Um, there's lots of little nice bits in it. They've got some couple like mini games, one of which feels very Lemmings-like. Um, you're kind of controlling these little clanks and you've got like a whole bunch of them just going in a direction. You've got to set like, little paths and stuff for them. Um, so yeah, just lots of really nice features in it. Um, that's just making it really enjoyable. I think it's just a, a really easy, nice game to play, which I've enjoyed having this year. Nice. I've never played it, but my mum plays it. Oh, cool. I've seen my mum playing it. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I visited home and she's just like, I'm ratcheting. Like, she's terrible, uh, but she loves it. And yeah. I've I've seen the, the female characters, well, actually, and they look really cool. I yeah. appreciate that. Um, it does, yeah, it looks beautiful, to be fair. I um, Obviously, I can play it. Now I live with you. That's so many problems where I'm yeah, just like, oh, lend it to me. Yeah, I can. Um, it does look really cool. I would I would quite like to try it out. Yeah, I would say give it a go. Um, the only fact that I managed to find was that it was a voice actor fact. Mm. We love a voice actor yes. fact. Um, and that is the fact that there are so many Mass Effect uh, voice actors in this Really? Game. Yeah. So uh, the Emperor's assistant... Um, is Ashley Williams voice actor Kimberly uh, Brooks? Oh, sorry, no, it's not the voice actor. It's well. not the voice actor, but no, I know we mean. don't like Ashley. Ashley. But the, the voice actor is absolutely fine. You go, girl. Yeah, uh, Mrs. Uh, Ms. Zucron and Mrs. Fungi is played by Liara Tassoni's voice Aww. actor. Also, I like um, the fact that someone's called Mrs. Fungi. <laughs> Mrs. Fungi is great. Um, then there's a mysterious stranger is playing by the female Pathfinder Rider in the. Oh, I like. One. Yeah, I like her. Uh, Frida Wolf. Okay. Uh, her name is, and she's really cool. And Rivet, the main uh, girl version of uh, Ratchet in this, is Commander Shepard herself, no Jennifer way. Hale. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't heard that, so I'm going to need to play now. I haven't twigged that that's her. So she really? has a very different voice, oh. I think. I don't know whether I just haven't noticed. Oh, she's a very talented woman. But she so. is a very talented woman. I think I'll go back and I'll listen to it and I'll pick up on it yeah. now. But I haven't instantly I'm gonna have to hear got that, that it's Jennifer Hale. Um, but yeah, so just so many Mass Effect voice actors mm -hmm. in this game. Um, and it's very spacey and fun, which kind of works. So. Aliens. Aliens are there. Aliens and multiverses. <laughs> it works. It's wormholes. It's all It's all coming in. Um, but yeah, so that's my, that's my number four. Cool. All right. I don't know if we're going to get any crossovers. I don't think we will. I think I can predict one crossover. Okay. All right. Well, I'm excited. Uh, I mean, I'm not. Well, only if I get it. Only if I win. Yeah. If you get it first. If you take one of mine, I have no backups. So. Well, my number four is a game called It Takes Two. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So I completed this recently. It, to be honest, it didn't take long at all. Not because the game's like short. Yeah. I just, it was just really, really fun. Um, it's an action adventure platform game developed by Hazelight Studios and published by EA, released in 2021. Again, I'm nailing it with the fucking 2021 yeah, games. Go. I apparently have no life. 
Um, so Halo Light's debut title was actually um, A Way Out. So we played A Way Out. Okay, we yeah, streamed A Way we, Out. We did, we did. Um, the game is similar in the sense that it does not have a single player option. It's only playable in either online or local split screen co-op between the players. So if anyone doesn't remember, A Way Out was the prison break game, effectively. Yeah. With the two blokes, which was fun. I did, I did enjoy it. But this, I personally think that they have blown it out of the park with It Takes Two. Yeah. Anything that they even, you know, were thinking about doing with Way Out was just, they fucking nailed In It Takes Two. I mean, it's a very different game, to be fair. Um, and I will explain why. Yeah. Um, the plot, the general plot, again, I'm not going to do any spoilers really here. Is it's all about these two people, Cody and May. So they're a married couple, but they're going through issues and planning on getting a divorce after they have like arguments and, and like neither one of them are really happy. Um, Cody says that she never really like shows him appreciation and vice versa, and they just they're just not having a good time. Yeah. Um, they tell their little daughter Rose that they're divorcing, which is all very traumatic um, and sad which was quite like an intense start to a game. Yeah. Um, Rose takes her little handmade dolls that, that sort of look like her parents, but not really, into the family shed, and she tries to repair the relationship by play-acting, which, again, very sad. The parents then find themselves trapped inside the dolls because something weird happens, and she, like, cries on the dolls, and then suddenly the parents become the dolls, which, you know, not quite sure how that happened, but it did. And once they have obviously realised that they are the dolls and they are now in these weird forms this weird book appears <laughs> sounds oh, like a fever yeah. dream doesn't it It really is so this book appears and his name is dr hakim um and he is assumed the anthropomorphic form of a relationship therapy book and he tells may and Cody that he has been given the job of trying to fix their relationship um and obviously because they don't want to be dolls anymore so he's kind of their only hope in regards to getting back to who they were and not being weird little dolls so yeah, it, it starts off being very sad, but the, the, I say that, but there's a lot of humor involved, even from the get-go. You can sense that, like, especially with Dr. Keem coming in, this weird fucking book, who I think has like a Spanish accent. Yeah, it is very like, um, I am the book and he's of love. Ve- yeah, he's the book of love, isn't he? Of course. And he's very fabulous. And he likes to throw like confetti around and things. And I immediately loved him. And he's very obnoxious. He's so obnoxious and like in their face and just completely inappropriate. And I'm just a big fan of that. So immediately the, the comedy value, I was like, this is up, this is up my alley. Um, yeah, it, I, I will describe as well a little bit of the mechanics because obviously it's, as I said, it's co-op two player. Um, but the gameplay mechanics are so cool because effectively on sort of most rounds, most sort of levels, you both get different abilities. So for example, like there's one sort of area where Cody gains the ability to rewind time, whereas May can replicate herself. And I remember there's one where Cody can get big, become like a big giant or go really small. And May gets to like walk up walls. And there's ones where you get like two different guns. And I think, especially in the beginning, like I think it's May gets like a hammer and Cody gets like a nail gun. And so you both have two different jobs and you both have two different things that you have to do to complete and get through that level, but you have to work together. And it forces you to work together, obviously, because it takes two, that's the name of the game. Um, Just like a way out, you you have to work together. Um, And it can go horribly wrong a lot of the time. If someone fucks up, then you could die. yeah, but it doesn't ever feel that punishing, I think, when you die in no. this game. It's very, like, the the checkpoints in it yeah. are in a really nice place, and I think it helps you, because essentially it's the best played co-op, right? And yeah. it's one of those games I feel like you can play with people who aren't gamers. Yeah. And so the non-kind of dying thing is, like, really great for people yeah. who aren't. And you, and it's one of those cool things where I really enjoy just figuring it out. Like, yeah. being like, okay, you can do this, I can do this. 
how do we what do we do now to get past this level like I really really yeah. enjoyed that uh, they did it they did it so well and then, like I said there was so much there was so much humor involved there's also little mini games along the way which were quite fun but one thing I really loved about this game was the fact that each and every like level and area was so unique there was like I think it was like a pirate level there was like a snowscape level like an underwater there was like so many variations of these different places and there was like a little sort of rpg area as well where you get to be a rpg it's like flying above there's like yeah there's so much that you just don't really know what's going on half the time but it's so it's so fun uh it's just it's just one of those games and i really recommend it this time of year as well obviously i don't know when this episode is coming out but if it's around christmas it's a great christmas game to play with family or friends or whatever yeah um yeah it's it's really really good and I wholly recommend it. It's also just fun to play a co-op game, I find, because you just don't get enough games that are just like specifically, specifically co-op. No, and really designed to be co-op. Like mm-hmm. this just feels like I can't imagine playing this without. You can't really. No, you right? can't. You have to you team have to up play with, with somebody someone. online. I'm afraid you have to have a friend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a fantastic game, and the humor is is so great. I would say though, it gets dark. There are some points in the mm. game where it gets dark there's a point where you have to suck the eyes out of a hoover yeah 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 there's some really horrible bits and like yeah there's like some death in there that gets yeah. dark. yeah but uh, they, honestly like i said the, the humor and it's beautiful actually one thing about it is i know that yeah. it is it's like i think it's on pc and the new xbox it's absolutely beautiful it's a really really pretty game right i'm gonna hurry the fuck up um i've got some facts um, one of these facts is a very recent dramatic drama that's going on, which was that um, Hazel actually has attempted to file a trademark for the name It Takes Two, but Take Two Interactive filed a trademark complaint, arguing it was too close to their trademark to the words Take and Two. Hazel apparently abandoned the trademark application of the name, making it difficult for it to engage in certain types of marketing, but they're hoping it will be resolved. But I'm pretty sure this has actually gotten worse, and now Take Two are more angry about it or something. Yeah, I I wasn't sure whether this ever got resolved or not. I, don't I do remember did. hearing about it, but... Um... Because oh, I thought it was always the other way around. I thought that's, that's where what it I came thought. from. I thought take. Well, this is what Wikipedia has told me, but, but I mean, it could be. I didn't actually look into. I it, have so. a feeling that Take Two are now getting more angry <laughs> about right. it, and I feel like maybe they're now filing stuff. I think initially it was that they were trying to obviously get the rights, and then Take Two were like, "No," and now I think Take Two are like, "Well, actually, we don't like this anyway." So but... we're going to try and take it back. They probably yeah, like countered it with I the same so. thing, but backwards. Um, I've got a few other facts which are kind of like Easter eggs. Because the, the, game, the game, in the way that it goes, which with the mechanics and certain levels, it does feel like a homage to a lot of other games, just mm-hmm. video games in general. Um, like there's, But there's one thing in particular that it does a straight Easter egg to, which is, as I was talking about, a way out. I don't know if you saw this, but when Cody and Mayo in the in Rose's room, there can, it's quite early on, there can be um, two plastic figures found of Leo and Vincent, the two characters from oh, no, the Way Out. They're like figurines. Yeah. And they're really cool. So I thought that was a cute little nod to their to their first game. Yeah, that's cute. Um, there's another cool Easter egg which is in relation to other video games, which is where um you're like flying on a May's flying on a plane that I think Cody is like flying, and there's like this weird little street fight and Mortal Kombat scene that happens where even like health bars and stuff appear, and there's like a Hadouken attack and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was a really cool little homage. And a totally random Easter egg, which is in the medieval castle, um, appears a doll with a rolling pin, which eventually drowns in lava, referencing the death scene of Arnold Schwarzenegger's character from the movie Terminator 2 Judgment Day. So, yeah, there's loads of little Easter eggs like that. I haven't even mentioned all of them, but that's just some of them. It's a fantastic game. Highly recommend. I need to stop talking because I went on too long about that. I mean, it's a great game. I don't blame you. Um, it's one of those games I kind of forgotten I'd played this year, to be perfectly honest. It Did was you so it? long ago, but I haven't finished it. Okay. 
Um, so I need to finish it. We can work out. We'll do it. We'll do it. Um, awesome. All right then. Um, number three. Mm. So my number three is unpacking. Oh, it's not a crossover. Okay, that's the only one I thought we might. <laughs> I have. just forgot about this game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Um, this is a zen puzzle game. It is described as. I feel that's a perfect mm. description. It is very zen. Essentially, you're unpacking a life. So you're following somebody who you don't really ever see. You just see their boxes and you kind of follow them through stages of their life as they move to different houses, different dwellings. And basically, all you do is unpack their boxes. This sounds like a really boring premise for a game. But if you have any sort of weird itch about putting things away where you feel like they should should just go... Like, if you have any sort of satisfaction from that, doing those kind of tasks, this is a game that will make you feel instantly better. Um, it's really, it's really lovely. It's just really simple. Um, it's got a, a nice kind of, somehow it's got a narrative to it, which I was very impressed they managed to get a narrative into something it like this. Very impressive. For literally unpacking boxes. Um, and yeah, the art style is really nice. It's like this nice kind of pixely, like old school pixely. It's not super giant pixels it's quite refined like i don't know it looks it's very beautiful as a game despite being pixely um again i really can't talk about this for very long because that's all it is it's just i can talk about boxes. it um <laughs> i love this game yeah i there was something like well, it's really nostalgic about it in the sense that i think mm. a lot of it is not you're kind of in the 90s for some of it aren't you you are yeah and i th- i really liked that and some of the music feels very like nostalgic and i remember when i was like playing this i didn't i just didn't know if i was gonna like it or not I would get into it like as you like a trance, like as you're saying, like you you get like into such chill zone, and I start getting quite addicted to it. I was like, I'm not really doing anything, but I was like, but it's like, I don't know, I it was like a drug in the end for me. I think, um, I loved it. The, yeah. the calming music, I was just like, I'm so zen. Yeah. Um, and weirdly enough, funny, it was around the time I was moving in with you, so I was actually packing at home, and yeah. I was like, why am I playing this game when this is my life? But it's but it's like the game obviously like transcends for this like person's life and you get to sort of see the unpacking of different stages. And I was like, do you know what? It's, it's weird because it's something that we all do. Like it's such a, it's such a life moment that no one really like thinks that could even ever be a video game. Like it's yeah. something that's so trivial, but actually unpacking is quite momentous in the sense of like life stages and stuff so it makes sense that they as how they've told the story because yeah you you know no one often stays in one house for their whole life you know no no and it often does like you said it really does mark periods of time in your life depending on where you've moved to and that kind of thing um which is really interesting yeah um and you're right like i blasted through this i think i played it about two sessions yeah i think i did and i like i think i would have done it in one if i didn't have to have gone and done something else i think if i had a whole sunday afternoon you can get through it really easily um because it wasn't something you got bored of doing no not at all it was just very much like you're just kind of arranging stuff, but I think that's kind of the nice mm. thing. It's that satisfying kind of click. It's kind of like if you like doing puzzles, I mean like actual oh, yeah. it's a jigsaw lot like a puzzle, puzzles. Actually, yeah. You're kind of putting pieces in yeah. where they fit and you get that kind of satisfaction from I from doing that. I think I really enjoyed as well the way that they told the story in the sense of you had to figure it out yourself. They didn't say, Oh, yeah. you live here now, oh, this is you've got a partner now, you've got this, you've got that. Like 
it was kind of like by you unpacking the boxes, you're figuring out what's going on in this person's life. And in some ways you feel a bit nosy and you feel a bit yeah. like you're creeping. But it, I found that so fascinating in the sense I'm like, oh, what are they doing now? Oh, what's this? Oh, what's, oh, they've still got that fucking toy that they should probably throw in the bin. Um, but I do, I did find I was a little bit naughty in the sense of I'd start off doing really well and I'd start unpacking stuff really organized. And then I just start throwing shit under the bed because I got bored. I was like, I just want to get rid of the boxes. I just want to get rid of them. I'm sick of them. I haven't got enough room. And I got really stressed because I was just, so I was just like, shove it under there, shove it under there. That's kind of what I do here, to be fair. I mean, I was going to say that's <laughs> that's just how I expect you to unpack. I start off really well and everything's so organized and then I just go, ah. And then I just shove it all in the cupboards. It's it's all those extra bits that you're just like, what do I do with this? This doesn't have a I love unpacking the important things and the places that have space. A lot of things don't have space. If you have specific places for things, that's my jam. Like, I think when when we move again, I'm going to get, like, multitudes of of containers to put things in. Because I think that will help me not feel so... And I think I have this game to thank for my... Yeah. feeling of organization that i will get oh it's gonna be great be a wonderful so time. much organization so much time um i i found one fact for this game um which was um depending on which room you finish a level in you get a different caption on the screenshot where you end because you'll find a filling a photo book um as you kind of finish each room like each place mm-hmm. um and depending which when you finish a place which room you finish in, you get a different caption at the bottom um which was a fun little fact that mm-hmm. I found. Um, yes. But yeah, other than that, that is my number three unpacking. A very zen game. Again, I think it's on Game Pass, Switch, all of the really nice... We should just be sponsored by Game Pass at this point, to be honest. <sighs> game Pass and Switch, just give us give us some stuff because yeah. <laughs> we're going to sell you. Um, but yeah, no, lovely, lovely game. All right. From one zen game to another, oh. my number three is Phasmophobia. <laughs> <laughs> This is a very interesting... Zen for me. Yeah, I was going to say, this is Nikki Zen, which is not. This is pure chaos, but carry on. <laughs> so this was a really late entry to my list because I forgot that I actually think I started playing Phasmophobia in 2021. Mm. I think it's a fairly actually recent thing that I played, but because I played it so much and I'm so obsessed with it, I just forgot. Yeah. It just transcended time. I was like, I feel like I've been playing this forever, but now I, I genuinely didn't. I was like almost pretty much a year late to this game. Um, So it is a investigative horror game developed and published by british indie game studio kinetic games but i found out as well i didn't even think about it it's early access i didn't even realize it's earlier it's not technically the full game yet that's why it's so cheap right that's why they keep adding loads yeah. and loads of stuff to it, it. Is technically, and it yeah so it came out in 2020 um i think i very much started playing it like january yeah. like very much early 2021 mm-hmm. and ever since then i've been in love and most people who know me know that I have a bit of a slight obsession with phasmophobia and people just get annoyed with me constantly being like, hey, do you want to play phasmophobia? And they're like, no, Nikki, I'm tired and I want to relax. And I'm just like, it is relaxing. <laughs> yeah, you don't quite understand that for the rest of us, it's like a really intense, scary thing that we don't want to do very often. No. So to give a bit of a load on for anyone that doesn't know, it's played from like a first person perspective and you work in a, well, you can work solo or you can work in a group of up to four other ghost hunters to complete a contract in which you must identify the type of ghost haunting a specific site. Uh, you can communicate through voice chat, which is quite good. Um, so you can go into like public lobbies if you really want to. You have like global talk and local talking stuff. Um, you also have speech recognition, so you can chat to the ghost. You can have a conversation. You can ask them how they died. You can ask them how old they are, where they are, all lovely kind of questions like that. 
which you normally do through the um oh my god I forgot what it's called spirit box spirit yeah. box sorry I'm a seasoned ghost hunter or a Ouija board you can chat with them through the Ouija board if you really so like um you complete sort of objectives and you gather the evidence to basically give you the clues to find out what ghost it is you're hunting and there's a lot now I can't even remember how many ghosts there are they keep adding them so many types of ghosts so there is a lot there is a lot of ghosts and they've added more equipment as well so as I said as we were saying like there is a lot of equipment new equipment new things new mechanics that have been added it's constantly being updated which is great which is really really good um the recently added uh cursed possessions so there's things now like a voodoo doll there's what else we got we got obviously upgraded ouija board you've got tarot cards which are really cool uh weird mirror (laughs) (laughs) you've got a summoning circle which is just danger time where you can trap the ghost it basically causes them to kill you almost immediately so i didn't mention this but um when you're sort of in the house you're doing stuff one of the reasons why it's difficult is because the ghost eventually will hunt every now and again Uh, unless you've got a nice little crucifix pops down on the floor to stop it yeah they don't like those the uh the ghost will hunt and when it hunts everyone just has to fucking just hide get away steph does often die a lot bless her i've got much better (laughs) recently yeah no you do it's been a while since i've died died i think i died in our last session actually yeah. Yeah, I did. No, I, I, I'm getting quite good at hiding and running away from the ghost now, but I generally, I still die every now and again. Oh yeah. You, you, you're yeah. going to die every so often. That's just a given. Yeah. But yeah, I was dying like every single <laughs> run of every single time. Like, it didn't matter what I did. Um, I always remember one time I literally went back in somewhere, just literally through the threshold of the door just to poke my head in to see what was happening. They actually <laughs> closed the door and hey, murdered what's going me. what's on in here, guys? <laughs> Um, yeah, they've also added a new uh, map recently, which is the campsite, which is a whole outside map, which is very cool, mm. um, which I've really enjoyed. And yeah, along with the sort of cursed possessions, they're, they're always adding stuff, which is cool. It's just, it's just, I love a horror game and it's like doing ghost hunting as well. I'm a big fan of like stupid ghost hunting shows. I'm a big horror fan. It's just, it's everything that I want in a game yeah. and it does scare me, but I love it. I'm weird. I mean, yeah, you like a you like a kind of horror game. Type and thing. horror games are my friends. Yeah, it's like the best thing ever. Well, that's the thing. Like, how many other horror games do you have that are multiplayer? Really? Like, I Hardly can't any. really name any that are no. actual games like that that are multiplayer. Because I mean, really, like Dead by Daylight, but that yeah. never feels that horror. But uh, there's so many games that are piggybacked off of the basis of Phasmophobia now. Like, oh, um, there was that. Obviously, there's there's the game Forewarned, but there's also that other one where you're in a weird fucking possessed house. I don't know. I can't remember the name mm. of it, but that was definitely like, a lot of them are following the same template now of Phasmophobia yeah. because it works. It works. People like co-op games. People like online games and they like weird stuff we have to work together because I don't like playing Phasmophobia solo. No. I, I hate it. It's, I love, I can deal with the horror when I'm with my friends and we're all working together to find like ghosts and stuff. It's always just very exciting and very fun. Yeah, I think that's why I I can play it. Like, cause you know me, like I'm not a big horror person. I yeah. won't really choose to play horror by myself at all. I'm a big, but I will choose to play horror with other people. I find that really fun when you're in a group of you and you're playing horror yeah. stuff. But normally you just have to kind of take it in turns, watch what's going on. Um, but this is like one of the first ones where everyone can kind of take part at mm-hmm. the same time, it feels like. Yeah. And it just feels like you get if, that comforting, but it's still scary. Like yeah. it does a really good job. Like if balance. you want to just stay in the van and watch the cameras, you can do that. Like if people are just like you can have you can have a job um, if you don't want to go in the house. But being in the house is fun. Yeah. 
It is fun. Sometimes it just takes a lot to be in the house. You just need a break. You just need some oh, fan yeah. watching time, yeah. you know? And you have in-game sanity as well, which does drain. And so you have to keep an eye on that. And if it goes down, you've got to pop some pills. Because if everyone's sanity gets really low, the ghost will hunt more. And you'll just be in a world of hurt. Yeah. I am appreciating more recently as well with their updates. Because obviously they are working really hard at just improving it all the time. Um, that You have a journal in which you're kind of marking stuff on. And it gives you details about the ghosts. And before it kind of felt like the details about the ghosts were almost just like made up nonsense it didn't really Mm. feed on much like i remember a couple times we read some notes and thought that it would affect stuff and it didn't really but it seems like more recently that those actual notes about the ghosts are becoming more actually relevant and Mm -hmm. actually part of the game and you kind of read stuff and it gives you a little bit of extra insight to like maybe what kind of ghost you're dealing with or yeah. what not to do or if it does this it's this type of ghost but if it doesn't do this you kind of know it's not um and before yeah it didn't seem like that was a thing but now it seems like they're actually adding that in which is cool yeah and the cool thing as well about um it is a lot of the ghosts are actually based off of like real kind of mythology i say mythology i don't know what the word is but there's like i think there's one ghost which is like based off of an indonesian ghost and things like that like actual real life ghosts which i thought was really cool yeah they do a really good job at kind of getting globally different ghosts like there are some you know like you said there's an indonesian ghost there's some very what i would say probably there's some japanese like ones as well japanese i think yuri ones. yokai maybe they're... Yeah, they're yeah they're all japanese um yeah. and then you've got ones that are probably more traditionally europe like european type of ghosts and stuff mm-hmm. like that like you know general ones um which is really cool so it's it's nice to have all those different types kind of thrown yeah. in there um i've got a fact which i i think is true because i'm pretty sure i read it earlier um is that actually kinetic games is one man wow i'm pretty sure it's founded by someone called Dean Niter, who is the only who I he, he might have hired more people. I assume he's probably hired more people. I uh, I'd hope so because it's mm. a lot of work for you to do all by yourself, man. But um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure like he's was the main person at, the at time. least the beginning. Yeah, which is really cool. We like we like a solo developer who yeah. puts in uh, all that fucking work. So impressive. Yeah, and I mean the game is so popular now. I think it it got popular obviously with streamers on Twitch. Quite a lot of famous YouTubers played it. It Phasmophobia like took off in 2020. It became so so popular. So it, it I'm you know it's really really good for for him. Yeah. Um, the fact that his game has become so popular in short periods of time. Um, my other facts are just some Easter eggs about the game, which is actually to do with the new campsite that I mentioned, which is there is a um, Jason Voorhees reference, Friday the 13th. If you walk towards the end of the pier, you'll see a little mask pop up. There is also a Slender Man in the woods creeping around. I've never seen him, though. Yeah, you've mentioned this before, but I've never seen the he, Slender Man. It's a percentage chance of him right. appearing, and if he does those certain sections, he will appear. Okay. And every time I go there, I look for him, and I never see him, and I'm very sad. Aww. One day you'll find him, though, and you'll have a Shit happy myself. time. <laughs> yeah. Bit of both. I'll be Aww. so happy, but I will be pooping my pants. Um, and that's it, really. That's all my facts. I... Um, I very much love this game. It means a lot to me, and I'm excited for what's to come. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you like horror games, I recommend. Nice. Yeah, mm. I like this game. It's a it's a fun game. You do make me play it. I do. But once I'm on it, I have a good time. Good. It's just the thought of it. Sometimes it's just a bit like, no, I don't want to be terrified this evening. I'm <laughs> good. All right. What's your number two? My number two is a game called Scarlet Nexus. Okay. Um, this is a third-person action kind of adventure JRPG game. It was released this year, 2021. So again, we're doing well at actually being relevant this year. Um, it's by Bandai Namco. Um, 
and it is basically you play as either uh, Yuito or uh, Kasane, who are basically members of an organization called the OSF. Um, and they are all tasked with defending their land of New Himura against creatures known as the Others. Um, so you pick who you want to play the game as, either the female character or the male character. Um, and the story does differ depending who you pick. Um, so they do say that it's actually worth playing the game through kind of almost twice, almost three times, a bit like near Automata where stuff changes and you kind of can get a different side and it's worth doing both sides of the story. Um, I've only halfway, again, I am I think I'm more like three quarters of the way through this game. Um, I started as Cassane and I'm really enjoying playing as her, but I will switch over and play as the guy as well. Um, it's very, it plays very similar to games like Devil May Cry and Bayonetta, where it's kind of that real action kind of combo stuff that you do. You get like a really short range weapon, but then you also get some powers, which are quite cool. Um, it's called like psychokinesis, um, but it basically means you get to pick up debris and vehicles and things like that and like lob it at enemies, which is really satisfying. Um, you kind of use it in conjunction with your other moves and stuff like that that you get. Um, and you kind of can pull off these really cool looking combos. Um, and then also later on, you get kind of teams of people who join you. Um, each of those have a slightly different power as well. So you kind of can mix up, you know, how you play and all your teams. Um, it's just a very satisfying game to play. I quite enjoy these kind of action based like games. Um, they're just quite, I find them quite relaxing because they can be, normally they're quite switch off for me because I don't really play them for the story base of stuff. It's just kind of like, you know, I'll just play them, smash some stuff and that'd be quite an easy way to pass the time. But this one I would say has a really good story so far. Um, it's a lot of like politics going on. There's a lot of like twists happening, uh, a lot of betrayals between people. Like it's really character driven, um, kind of plays a bit like at the time when you're kind of watching these, it's more like cutscenes of stuff. Um, it's very like, it's an anime based game. So the art style is very anime. Um, and then you kind of watch these very like, not full animated scenes, but they're more like manga kind of panels that pop up with mm -hmm. text and stuff. Um, it's quite nice to just kind of sit and either listen to the audio in like Japanese or um, English, depending on what you want to do. Um, but yeah, I find that it's just a really good game. So far, like I said, the story has really impressed me. Um, I did think it was just going to be a bit of a nothing one, but actually it's so far it's been really intense, um, really interesting. That's good. Um, you, the enemy design is one thing I wanted to talk about on this because the enemies are really cool looking. They're quite creepy. Um, they're essentially like half animal, half human, half plant creatures. Oh. So they're like basically kind of thinking about like a vase of like roses with legs is one of the enemies. Um, and there's I mean, another it sounds one. pretty wacky. Can't quite imagine it. Yeah, I think the, the... I'm trying to think of, like, the general style. I think if you've played Bayonetta, some of the stylings of their stuff is very similar. It's this kind of shiny... Some of them have got really robotic parts on them as well. Um, it's a real big, crazy mashup. And actually, that comes um, from the artist that they got to. They hired a uh, kind of artist who hadn't done anything before. He just... With the game director found this artist that he really liked the work of and he asked him can you do the concepts for all of the the enemy design and that's mm. why it's all so weird um that guy is called um mass oh, i'm gonna ruin his name uh masakazu yamashiro 
Um, I can tell very by the Nikki's face as she's looking, as she's been Googling what these enemies look like. I just, you kind of what I mean. They're like. I like the first line of this Google search is what? Here's why Scarlet Nexus has disturbing flower bouquet monsters. And there's this picture, and I am disturbed. Yeah. It's, they're creepy. They are genuinely Weird. quite creepy. Um, it works really well with the game for some reason. I don't quite know how it works, but it works. I need to show you this meme. I know no one else can see it, but it just says Scarlet Nexus enemies be like. And then there's bottom half of a mannequin and then a, a cactus attached to a man's bod- <laughs> bottom legs. Yep. That's accurate. I mean, yeah, go for it. Let's just, let's just say it's accurate. It's great. It's a good time. Um, the other little feature it's got is kind of, I think like all JRPGs, if you've played anything um, like the Three Houses and stuff like that, you can get to know your teammates better. So you have sections in the game where you're just all kind of chilling out and you can go talk to them. Um, you can do bonding episodes. So you can go, like we said, with Mass Effect, you can go off and do something with that one person um, and get to know their characters a bit better, give them gifts, stuff like this. Um, generally just to make friends and stuff. I don't think there's any romantic stuff you can do in the game i think it's all just like friendship and getting to know them and i think as you increase, no banging there's no banging um as you increase your friendship though you get new powers and stuff like this so okay. it's kind of like a part of the game that's fine then unfortunately though no banging um i don't know if we would want to bang in the world with the crazy flower no. monsters maybe not put don't not put children into that world they do not need to see that i don't think it's gonna be a good plan no it's not a good time um yeah i i really enjoyed this game it's very it's it's very weeby i will call it weeby because it is oh at least you call yourself out that's fine yeah (laughs) you're just like i was gonna call you earlier then i was like no i'm not going to but you've already said it i mean (laughs) i'm not a massive weeb i like stuff and i will play stuff but no i like you're not the weebiest of the weeb but you're a bit of a weeb yeah but so are you (laughs) only like one (laughs) percent I would say more than 1%, but no. it's like a... Percent. I like Studio Ghibli, that's about it. That's as weeby as I get. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I like that weird Japanese egg. Yeah. <laughs> and then all the other bits. I love Yudatama. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's good. It is a good one. Um, like I said, like I don't play that many games that are kind of set in that kind of art style, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Um, it's rare that I will pick one up. Um, but this one, this one's actually got really good reviews across the board and stuff like that. I think it got nom- nominated at the Game Awards and stuff this year, so it is worth playing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's on Game Pass. That's how I've been playing it. But I think it's also on PC and all those kind of good things. Mm. Um, I don't really have any facts about it or anything like that. It was very difficult to find any facts. The most I could find was the artist who came up with the weird creatures. So mm-hmm. that was me. That was me done. Okay. My number two. Mm-hmm. We really at number two already. Yeah, Jesus, flying through. My number two is Visage, 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 Visage. Um, did you expect that? No, I completely forgot you played that this yeah, year. Yeah, it was this year. again very early this year. I think it was probably around the same time that I played Phasmophobia. I had to double check in my like library of like TikToks from when I streamed this game that it was definitely 2021 and it was. So I was like, okay, sweet. Um, one of my favorite horror games ever. I think it really made the list of like top horror games. Um, it's an independent psychological horror video game developed by Sad Square Studio that came out in um, 2020. So I was a little bit late to the game. It's very PT. So if anyone that knows, obviously Silent Hill PT demo, it feels like it was a hundred percent influenced by that very 
very much of that kind of frame which which is amazing like I'm, I'm I really appreciate a lot of the games that sort of take that because it PT was amazing in itself and it's a shame obviously we never really got it um but it's set in like a suburban home in the 1980s which I love that kind of setting i get bored when when horror games are set in like the typical like i don't know either it's a spooky mansion or it's like a shed or like a i don't know like a castle i'm like you know that doesn't freak me out like give me a weird suburban home that is relatable because it's more yeah you're meant to be somewhere that feels at home and it's not and i don't know what it is about things where it's set and stuff like especially when i watch like ghost shows i always find that when it's in just someone's mod, even a modern house, I get, I get more weird out because it's more relatable. Um, anyway, it utilizes a first person perspective, obviously. And you're, you're thrown into this house and you control a guy called Dwayne Anderson, who is an inhabitant of the home. And you sort of find out more about him. The game starts off very dark and it pretty much tells you from the get go. So it's not really a spoiler that you probably killed your family. Oh. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I didn't realise you were even a guy in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't beat around the bush at all. No. Uh, and you're sort of thrown into the house suddenly after sort of seeing potentially that you have had, you've done this. And you start hearing these things on the radio about a guy who's killed his family and stuff and, and everything like that. And you're sort of wandering around. And already you know that this game is going to be fucking scary. You just get the vibe. Um, so Dwayne is trapped inside the house and he's you sir, like soon realize that he's being tormented by these sort of supernatural entities in the beginning of the game that you kind of realize that okay this house is creepy i'm not sure what's going to jump out at me but the game is designed as like a semi-open world house where you find chapters and then you that's kind of how the levels start okay so you remain in the house yeah but you have like a safe space which is like where you then so like the chapters are defined as like, i think one of them's like a wheelchair one of them's like a a key and there's like a teddy bear so once you find those objects then it starts you usually remain in the exact same place but then the the shit that happens around you begins right okay so you kind of know that you're safe at a certain points i don't think you are fully safe don't get me wrong i'm pretty sure some things will happen to you maybe but in the beginning you're sort of safe um so obviously you pick each chapter and each of these chapters are dedicated to a different apparition um these apparitions will pursue and torment Dwayne throughout the whole part of their story pretty much um some of the most notable chapters which i experienced were lucy and dolores so i streamed this game on twitch and it was probably my most successful game that i've ever streamed i still seem to come up in like the top 20 or something people that have streamed like, I don't know what it was it was a it was a high number of a certain period of time where I was like I was on like the leaderboard for like most watched nice. so I was doing well I was doing well with my visage people liked it I was pooping myself and it was entertaining mm. we had a great time um Lucy was the child and her story was particularly scary because I mean kid ghosts are scary um and being in like a child's room was quite scary dolores was an old woman and i always talk about how old women for me are the, the actual the scariest ghosts i don't mm. like an old woman ghost no i agree with you ever since i watched like insidious it just sure, yeah old, old women. women ghost not the one yeah um, no, that's creepy it was definitely one of the scariest games i've ever played and i would recommend it to anyone that loves horror but anyone that doesn't isn't very good with horror don't play it it does it so fucking amazingly the jump scares are a lot but some of the, just the little things that they'll do like you'll be walking across the, the hallway top at the banister of the stairs like upstairs and you'll look down by the front door and there'll just be someone stood there but there's no noise there's no like dun, 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 like you know in some games oh, where it's obvious yeah. they'll just be there or you'll hear like the knocking or a doorbell and i it honestly I remember every time I played this game, I was so glad I was streaming it. 
my heart was constantly like it was yeah. it was almost traumatic and I yeah I don't quite know how you did it I watched uh, uh, quite a bit of your streaming for these ones those episodes and I don't quite know how you survived like I would have been a shivering wreck on the yeah. floor within two minutes of that game I yeah. think I remember I was just so impressed I was just so amazed I was impressed at what they were doing and how yeah. incredible it was but also fucking horrible um I don't want to give too much of the story away because there is a little bit of a story to it but I will say that as you go through the game and you go through every chapter it significantly gets worse in regards to like your surroundings uh the house sort of ends up feeling like a, a whole entity in itself and it just gets like more ridiculous like just a picture basically the house just being in flames by the end of it it's pretty much yeah. happens i'm pretty sure by the end of it the house is a giant uterus anyway that's just think it makes sense to anybody that's played it but yeah there's a baby and there's a uterus and there's like <sighs> it's a lot there's a lot mm. Yeah. Um, if you want to watch some of my like highlights, I think they're on my TikTok. If you want to do that, anyway, just like publishing myself there. Just, just check it out. Um, anyway, I've got some facts. I've got some good facts. So there's a scene when you're in Dolores's chapter where you're in the kitchen, which was the weirdest shit uh, to experience when you're in this really serious horror game, which is all the kitchen appliances start talking. <laughs> I don't think I saw this bit. That's mental. They all start beginning to laugh and have a conversation at the fact that he was losing his mind. Um, and it's actually a reference to Evil Dead 2. Oh, okay. Um, where they're like, all these kitchen appliances are laughing at Ash and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's really cool. And they, they fridge start calling Dwayne, like, the crazy one and everything. So I thought that was quite a nice little Easter egg. Um, Lucy, who is, as I said, also one of the scariest characters, the, the child... She is kind of being haunted by a bit of a demon. You kind of see a lot of pictures of her drawing this particular demon on the wall. Right. Um, and he looks a lot like the Babadook. And I think I started Ooh. calling him the Babadook, actually. Mm. He has, like, these big claws. So it's it's thought that he's been inspired by the Babadook, which I think is correct. Um, she also resembles Kakayo Saiki from The Grudge or Samara Morgan from The Ring. Um, her croaking also sounds like a coyote. So she's kind of, oh. she definitely, she definitely has that look. So I remember running away from her a lot. Mm. And she would chase me a lot, and um, I just take pictures of her to kind of get through it. Just get those vibes, yeah. Because um, I think you had to, because she sort of hides around, but she has a long dark, and she sort of stands. Oh God, no, it's all wrong. I'm getting sort of flashbacks now. We need to stop talking about massage. Okay. <laughs> I right. take it out of my list. I hate it. No, it is <laughs> no. It's one of those games where it's like, I love and hate it in equal measure because it is so good in regards to a horror game that I've ever come across. Yeah. But so bad in the way that it makes you feel. Yeah. <laughs> and and for that reason, it's so good because yeah. they've done such yeah. a good job exactly. actually scaring you. Because that's the thing, like, and it's the same thing with movies, right? Jump scares can be quite cheap. But if you manage to do them well, and I always think if you manage to do them, like you said, in silence. Oh, yeah. They're the best ones. Yeah. Like they're the worst feeling ones because oh, they feel so yeah. natural. Like you naturally aren't jolted by a really loud piece of music being like, Mah! you know what I mean? Like it just, yeah, it's not cool. Nope. So that's Visage. I think also that's just recently come to Game Pass. So there you go. Honestly, Microsoft, <laughs> please give us like sponsored Game Passes. I mean, we don't do a lot of episodes, but when we do, yeah. they'll all be Game Pass games. pretty much your Game Pass. Um, I think we're on to honourable mentions, aren't we? We are on to honourable mentions. Um, I've got a few. I've got a lot. All right. <laughs> I'll run through my ones. Um, I've got Bug Snacks, which is a game Bug I did. Bug yeah, exactly. Sorry. Great theme tune for Bug Snacks. <laughs> I don't weird... even think that's the theme tune. I just said no, it. In a... She just she knew there was a song, so she sung. Um, it's a it was a good but very odd game. 
Um, <laughs> the Pokemon Pearl remake I played this year was also really good. I'm still halfway through that. Um, A Plague's Tale, we spoke about that very recently on our good friend um, Dan's podcast from A St- Greatest Story Ever Played. Um, So if you want to learn more about that, you can go listen to that one. Um, Code Vein, which is kind of like a, I don't know, Dark Souls weeb version. Um, The Medium I finished this year. That was my first ever game that I finished on stream. That was was a time. Uh, Torchlight 3, uh, Pit People, and Ooblets. Yes, you love Ooblets. I've been playing a lot of Ooblets again recently, and it's a wonderful, happy time. Amazing. Uh, I'm going to really run through these as quickly as I possibly can. This was an entry that I swapped with Phasmophobia, actually, which is Baldur's Gate 3, um, which is an early access moment, but it's a fantastic game. I finished okay. it to an extent um, recently because obviously it's not fully finished yet, but that is a fantastic game. I really enjoyed that. Um, I've been playing Moss on VR this year. Really enjoyed that. Fantastic VR game. I think I spoke about it before. Um, Resident Evil Village. You think it'll be my top five? It's not. Maybe I'll explain that another day. Probably on another top five somewhere. It was good. Yeah. It was fine. I watched it. Time. I was playing a game called Twin Mirror. Some I played it on PlayStation 4, which is made by someone similar to something. Can't really remember. I can't give you more information than that. But it was a lot like um, kind of Life is Strange vibes. It's fine. Okay. Little Hope I played as well. Oh, yeah. Which is in the Dark Pictures Anthology. Same games as Madame Dan and House of Ashes, which I'm playing currently at the moment. That was good. Um, Forewarned, a game that is very similar to Phasmophobia, but in Egypt, like The Mummy, so you're Brendan Fraser, and you're just doing shit in some tombs. Oh, if all else play it for the mummy voices. When you die, you come back as a mummy, and you sound like Barry White. It's the best thing in the world. It's hilarious. It's a good time. Um, 12 Minutes. 12 minutes. Yes, I did play this. I forgot yes. to mention it. I don't really like it, therefore did I didn't you not? even mention Ooh, it. Oh, okay. This you, this was in your fucking games that you were looking forward to. I wasn't? know, it was. Honestly, I was yeah. very excited for that game and it disappointed me greatly. I enjoyed it to an extent, but not enough to make this list. No. It was weird. A weird ending. <sighs> yeah, they went a really weird route with it. They went too far. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> another game which I streamed a little bit of this year is Green Hell. I fucking love this game. It's nearly been my list because I had a great time with it. But right, it, it didn't actually. didn't make the cut. Yeah. It was a really good time, but also it caused me a lot of internal pain. Right, Ben. Uh, my last entry, I'm probably forgetting so many here, but this is one game that I've been playing recently, which is along the lines of unpacking for me. It's super chill. It's Boyfriend Dungeon. Oh, yeah, you've been telling me <laughs> to play Boyfriend Dungeon. I keep meaning to download it. Get boyfriends um, and do dungeons. Actually, not just boyfriends, girlfriends. You can get girlfriends too. Everybody is covered. Or actually anybody. There's not even... Gen- there's, there's like... It's fucking... Gender neutral stuff yeah, going on. Yeah, they're great. very like open and mm. cool about it. It looks good. So I don't know why they've called it Boyfriend Dungeon and not just like... I mean, it sells the point of what you're getting, I think. Yeah. I think because so many of those games came out and it was like Boyfriend, something, Boyfriend yeah. Simulator, Daddy yeah, Game Simulator. Like, it was all the names of the things. Pretty much, yeah. I recently got dumped on there, but it's all good. I've oh. got plenty more. Plenty more girlfriends, boyfriends, and whoever. Plenty to, more things in the dungeon. You can also get a cat. I mean... So, yeah, it's fun. It's a dungeon crawler, but it's super chill. And the soundtrack is amazing. Um, I really enjoyed the soundtrack. And I'm listening to it a lot on my Spotify at the moment. So, yeah, that's my honorable mentions. Nice. Very cool. All right. So we are officially on to number ones. Yes. My number one was a game that I nearly even forgot. And then I remembered it. And I was like, holy shit, I have to talk about this game. It was my favorite one this year. Um, And that is Hades. Oh, yeah. Hades is an roguelike action dungeon crawlery kind of game um it's produced by um super giant games who made stuff like bastion and transistor 
Um, it's similar to those games in the sense of um, it's kind of like that top-down, almost isometric perspective. Um, it came out last year, 2020. Um, I think it won a lot of awards last year. Um, I feel a bit late to the game on playing it, um, but it is really good. Um, you play as Zagreus, who is the son of Hades, um, and you basically have to try and attempt to escape the underworld to reach Mount Olympics. Olympus, sorry, Olympics. Um, <laughs> Olympus. Um, and basically, every time you kind of leave your kind of safety of the underworld, you have to travel through different areas. And you basically do a single run. The idea is that you have to get all the way to the end in a single go. Um, and it's a lot of the time you will die and then you kind of just get set back to the start. And then the idea is that you upgrade and move on. It's very roguelike. You're just kind of constantly like moving through through all of these um, kind of episodes. Um, it's But it gets kind of more and more complicated. It seems like it was it starts on a very basic level where you are just like going through the motions of trying to get out. Um, but as you go through, you get different upgrades, different weapons. Um, the story unfolds quite a lot, which is really interesting. Um, you kind of tend to find yourself going back and being fine with dying because you kind of just want to go talk to all the people in the underworld. Like you kind of meet different characters. You can start befriending them and gifting them all the time. Um, and quite a lot of them hang out at the very starting point. And you kind of just get to know all of these different people who are hanging out um, in the very basis of like Hades main kind of area. Um, and there is a really interesting story that kind of unfolds with it. I won't spoil it because it is quite a lot. Um, but basically, Zagreus is trying to get out to find the other Olympic gods. Um, and as you're kind of going through your dungeon run, you can pick up gifts that are given to you by the other Olympians. So you see all the different Olympians. So if you're into any sort of ancient greek mythology and gods this game does it really well it has all of the kind of i don't i don't know what it is but i feel like it nails each of the characters really well like the way that they're all drawn um the game is beautiful it's this kind of like hand drawn again hand painted kind of style that they do really well um and each time you meet them they just look really great you meet like zeus and aphrodites and Dionysus and all of these kind of like really cool people uh, and really cool monsters and stuff that you fight along the way um and it's just a really good game all round um and like I said once you kind of do it if you manage to eventually succeed and get out of the underworld that's not the end of the game um it does then continue but it also changes slightly about what you're doing so it doesn't ever become super boring and repetitive you kind of get to the point where you've done it and you really want to succeed and you keep trying and eventually you make it and then it changes up what the game is a little bit. And then you're like, okay, great. This is really cool. Now I can go do it again and keep going. Um, so I would say if you kind of like anything slightly roguelike, you'll enjoy it. But even if you're not a huge person who likes the kind of rogue type games, I think you'll like it because you'll just get into the story and stuff that they're trying yeah. to telling as well. See, I haven't played it yet and I, I want to, but I'm worried that it's not my type of game. But then the amount of people that I've had played it that I didn't think were into those kind of games, like I feel like I should at least try it. Yeah, because when I first was told about the game and I looked at a bit of the gameplay, I was not that interested. Mm. But the more and more I kept on hearing about it, the more it kind of more hype around it that it gained. I was like, you know what? I will give it a try. Um, it's on Game Pass, mm -hmm. so I tried it for free, <laughs> essentially. Um, and I was surprised how into it I got, yeah. like how much I, I have no it. excuse. It's on Game Pass, so I really. 
I would say try it for sure, especially if you own Game Pass. It's worth trying, even if, yeah, you don't yeah. think you're a person who gets particularly into those kind of games. Because I think there's enough there around it where you'll get into it. Um, and like I said, I think just purely the art style I like. I just really enjoy running around in there. It just looks beautiful. Um, it's really cool. And I really like, it's all like um, voice acted really well as well. Um, they always have a really good cast of voice actors in the uh, I've heard Super Giant games. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they just do a really good job of everything. Um, I could not find any facts about this game, knowingly. Oh, okay. Like, I really struggled. There was seemed to be, I think because the problem was, every time you search Hades trivia, oh, Hades facts, God, even Hades yeah. games facts, you kind of end up with, like, facts about the actual gods of, like, yeah. Olympus. It was really difficult to kind of nail down anything around it i thought there would be loads because it's such a popular game and it did really well but in true fashion there was just literally nothing to talk about um so yeah i just i just say go play it because it's just worth worth it um and yeah the character designs are just really cool i just really love the artwork in there sweet it's a good time but yeah that is my number one that's the end of my list officially okay you have put 2021 to bed. It is now my time. Yes. My number one is a game that I I really, really enjoyed. And I'm surprised you haven't played it yet. It is Life is Strange, True Colours. Yeah, I'm really behind on Life is Strange. Yeah. So it's really the latest instalment um, by the, Life is, well, the whole Life is Strange series. It's developed by Deck Nine and published by Square Enix European subsidiary and was released on 10th September 2021. So I am like up here with my like, you know, being on time yeah. and actually doing shit. But I think it was because I got it. I shouldn't have got it. I think I managed to find a cheaper version of it because I couldn't really afford it at the time. But I was like, you know when you need a Life is Strange game in your life? Because these games to me are like therapy sometimes, honestly. Yeah. I love, there's, I think when you play a Life is Strange game, so I wish I could replay them, like work my memory and replay them. Like the music, the setting, just being in, absorbed into the whole life of Life is Strange is really like wonderful to me. And it just makes me feel like I can just exit my life for a bit and just go experience this whole new life. Um, and I'm so glad I did because it was really, really good. I got so many mixed reviews off other people though, saying that they weren't sure about it. But I think when any time they start a new installment of this, like Life is Strange 2, people bitched about that too. And I think people struggle to cope with one, new protagonists, new characters, mm. and sort of new storylines and settings and things being a little bit different. And I, I get excited by that because I'm thinking this is cool. This is a whole new little story. Yeah. Um, it's technically the fifth game in the Life is Strange series um, and the third main installment. So it succeeds Life is Strange 2. Um, but it was released in its entirety instead of being released in chapters, which I prefer. I didn't like how Life is Strange would come out in chapters slowly over time. I'm very impatient. Yeah. If, if like, cause I remember when I was playing Life is Strange 2 and I was having to wait each time for each chapter and I, I, I couldn't because it would leave on such cliffhangers and I'm sat there and I'm like, for God's sake, well, let me just binge all of this shit yeah. very intensely, please. Um, to the point where it's probably problematic because I haven't moved for five hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was really good. So basically it's set in 2019 and Alexandra or Alex Chen um, leaves a foster care group home after eight years to reunite with her brother, Gabe, in a place called Haven Springs, Colorado, which is a beautiful town. I remember when you get there, you sort of arrive and you're walking across this bridge and it's so fucking beautiful. And like, um, I think Gabriella Aplin home is playing and you sort of just stare out at this river, right? 
you're like you know they get little cutscenes and life is strange yeah and it just like music plays and you're just like looking around and um and this song plays and you're looking at like deer and birds and stuff um i didn't realize you could exit out I sat there for five minutes just in this just, zen trance of like listening to Gabriella Aplin and just looking at these deer. And then I realized it was on a loop yeah. and that I could leave. And I was like, oh shit. This is, this <laughs> is so beautiful. I've been here for two hours. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like a fucking like very good on the senses. All the, all the senses were having a good time for me that day. I was like, it was pretty. I could hear it was good shit. Um, yeah. And so Alex meets her brother, Gabe, and he obviously lives there and he's like, shows you around and you meet the townspeople and you find out a bit about the town. It's a very like insular town. Everyone mm. knows each other and it's got that kind of vibe, um, which I thought was really sweet. And I really like that because you're, she's new there and therefore obviously you're new there because you don't know anyone and you're sort yeah. of, you get to meet these cool characters and you get to learn about her. And uh, and you get to learn a little bit about town, and there's a mining company there, which pretty much everyone works for, and that's a very integral part of the story. And yeah, you just sort of slowly learn about her and her brother, and and sort of how they've grown up. And obviously, in every Life is Strange series, every every game, there is always a supernatural element. I'm not going to talk about it because that spoils the game, but I will say obviously that that is involved. And the story, I really fucking enjoyed. Some people might have said it was a bit weird a bit right, different yeah. maybe mm. not quite what they were used to with life is strange but i thought it was really captivating especially when it started getting going i was like this is some drama yeah and i love a bit of drama i mean you need drama in these things like yeah. the narrative games you've got to have something going on we all know something bad is going to happen in yeah. a life is strange game like something bad nice. always happens that's kind of normally how they start right like something shit goes down yeah so yeah, I just, I, it's hard to explain why I love this game so much without giving spoilers, but I think generally I am very easily pleased when it comes to a Life is Strange game because yeah. you know what you're getting. And I think I knew what I was getting when I bought it and I was all up for it. I'm up for some good music. So soundtracks for Life is Strange, always been fucking amazing. This is no exception. Yeah. The, the soundtrack was really good. I was doing what I normally do when I play Life is Strange game and I'm constantly shazamming every five seconds because I'm like, this is a good song. Um, the voice acting is fantastic as well. Voice acting was really good. Um, there's also love interests. Interesting. Nice. Two love interests to pick from. Mm. Um, I did go for Ryan. He's okay. nice. Nice guy. But I really liked Steph, which, sorry, that's your name, but yeah. that's confusing. She <laughs> I really liked Steph, me. But I also like the other Steph. Um, so that's losing tomorrow my facts, actually, which is it's the second appearance of Steph Gingrich, who was introduced in Life is Strange Before the Storm oh, okay. in 2017. Have you played Before the Storm? Nope. You are so far behind. I played one. I played the okay. first one. You need to catch up. I need to um, She it became one. a big fan favorite, apparently. Um, voiced by Katie Bentz. She also played the character in Wavelength, which is a DLC bonus chapter that was specifically written for her. So the game, obviously, True Colors is out, but there's also the little okay, extra cool. added bit, which I haven't played yet. Um, but yeah, she's a really cool character as well. Um, I don't know why I liked Ryan. There's a whole thing where you basically, it's not really a spoiler, but you kind of get to do some role play, like nerdy role play. And nice. I think he just won me over with this whole thing. He's in there. You'll know if you've played it, but. Um, <laughs> so the fact about the soundtrack as well, um, the game's original soundtrack was actually revealed to be composed by Australian duo Angus and Julia Stone, whose music appeared on pretty much all the games, I think. So I really like um, Angus and Julia Stone. And I think, yeah, their original songs were used on like Life is Strange 1, primarily. And so obviously they must have just gotten on with them so well after all of that that they just helped compose the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, so. just kind of keep me going back. Um, and also on a musical note, Alex 
because Alex sings a lot in it. She plays guitar, which is nice. Oh, nice. Her voice was provided by singer and songwriter MX Toon, who I have absolutely no idea who they are, but I heard a lot of good things from my facting when I was looking. Um, so I have no absolute idea. Google it. <laughs> I do, yeah. But they, they seem like very cool, and her singing voice is really, really good, because there nice. was some really nice guitar scenes and stuff in it. But yeah, I honestly, I couldn't find any more facts than that, which I was very surprised about, because normally life is strange. I mm. get a ton of facts, but not much, not much. Maybe they're just not been made yet. Yeah, I feel like because we've done quite a lot of most recent games, like within the past not two years, facts are just difficult, yeah. more difficult to come by. But no, I really, I really enjoyed it and I recommend it. If you like a Life is Strange game, you'll like this. It, it does what it says on the tin. Some people can moan about it and how it's not that exciting. But I think it was very nice. A very little, a, a good story. Because that's what a game is really at the end of the day. It's I mean, a story. especially those kind of games, like they're all about the narrative. They're yeah. all, you know, they're not really much gameplay. No. Really. Like there is a bit, but yeah. About that. So yeah, that's my number one. Nice. Well, that concludes our whole list year. <laughs> and year. Yeah, that concludes the year. Twenty twenty one is done. It's not really. We still got like two weeks left at this yeah, point. But we, we can put it to bed though in terms of podcasting can. and games. Someone says know? to me tomorrow, "Have a good Christmas." I'll be like, "What are you talking about? It's twenty twenty two." Yeah. <laughs> we've we've done now. We're done. We are done. We're skipping all the way to January first. Oh, yeah. yeah. Time traveling. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. I enjoyed that. It felt good to be back in the hot seat. Yeah, I have enjoyed being back here with you and talking about games. Yes. It's been a long time. Like I said, we will endeavour to return early next year. We've got some little bit more stuff that we need to get done in terms of life. Um, but once we are done with that, um, we will return yeah. um, and do some more episodes about, you know, all the weird and wonderful things that we do. We'll keep you updated. We'll post it on Twitter and Discord and stuff. So... Yeah, which reminds me, if you want to follow us on Twitter and Discord, just look for Game Till 5. We have a website. GameTill5.com. Everything is on there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you really feel like buying a really late Christmas present oh, that we yeah. won't get in the post to you for Christmas, <laughs> because you probably won't listen to this until after Christmas, um, you can still buy beanies. Um, it's the season for it. Yeah, um, we released them in the summer. <laughs> yeah, we didn't really think about it. Then we stopped doing episodes. So, um, yeah, if you would like to buy a beanie, they're all from our website or Etsy. Just Google Game Till We'll 5. do our best to repost the beanies for you all because it is getting cold, to be fair. You'll need a hat on your head. I've just read that there's a snowstorm coming. Oh, so... get your beanies for the snowstorm. Yeah. We promise they'll keep your head warm. They will. Because we wear them. Yeah, they're a good, they're a good head thing head warmer oh, okay. <laughs> head protection a good hat um all right well thank you so much for listening everyone and we hope to see you soon yeah thanks everybody thanks. bye bye